0: Good day, everyone. I hope you guys had a great week last week and enjoyed your weekend. It is Sunday. I'm sitting down September 11th. We've got a lot to cover. Uh, Certainly, I'm not oblivious to that date. We obviously will touch on a little bit of September 11th and and what that means today versus what it meant 21 years ago. Man, that's weird to to think it's been that long. I I think that's just a, a folly of... The older you get, time, time starts to seem weirder. I, I don't know. I perceive time much differently now than I did back then. Um, but nonetheless, th- that is far from the only topic we have tonight. Uh, as many of you have n- already found out, uh, Pierre Polyev is officially coronated. We've been saying it for, for it seems like months this has been going on. Uh, we kind of expected it to be a bit of a coronation ceremony more more to say that it wasn't really much of a a challenge as to who was going to win that uh, nonetheless i'm so glad to have the process over and now that this oh, it, was, it was like a year long campaign to sort out their their leadership but now that it's over, we can finally get to work and enter the the new session of parliament with a renewed focus and an aim and I think it will be very, very interesting to see how that all plays out. Uh, but nonetheless, we're going to touch on Polyev and what that means, where, that, where we're going, what to expect along that road. Uh, and then we also have to touch on the fact that we have lost the Queen. Uh, and my seemingly cold response to, to that topic, uh, again, I have my bias, but nonetheless, I will try and cut through that and we'll, we'll have a, a weighted discussion on that all um but p- before we get to anywhere uh let's get to it i think we'll uh we'll start with the happy news the the good topic uh Polyev, where that means Canada's going and and what kind of tactics you should expect from the offense and defense in that regard as you've already seen it's uh they're they're already the media machine is already spinning a the wheels to vilify Polyev. Uh, truthfully, I'm surprised they didn't do more sooner. Uh, and I kind of think they may actually back up. I don't expect the Donald Trump treatment when it comes to Polyev. I really do hate. I use that comparison myself, but I hate how often he's now being compared to Trump. To uh, Trump, nothing like the like nothing like the guy at all. Uh, it's just a, a sign of. Low intellect, struggling to invalidate someone, uh, and thinking that invoking Trump's name automatically invalidates them. Again, you can have your issues with Trump, but it doesn't carry over. Uh, Polyev is not being some prick on Twitter, mean tweeting people. Uh, he has sound policy again, not, not that Trump doesn't, but there's (laughs) the comparisons are, are night and day. Uh, Polyev is a stable, married Christian man. Uh, No philandering speeches on buses with Billy Bush. Uh, Just all around a decent person. Uh, I'm sure people can have their objections, and I'm sure he's upset people along the way, but show me the man who hasn't, uh, and I'll show you a man who has no character. It's it's okay to upset people. It's even okay to upset people in your own camp at times. I've done it, and I will continue to do it. But nonetheless, I, I expect the media to do everything they can. Um, it's pretty tough to call him a racist, although they will still try. Um, but it's a little harder to stick when you realize his wife is a first generation Venezuelan immigrant. Um, again, it kind of speaks to the fire in his gut to his admiration for the capitalist system. He has, uh, I'm not first-hand knowledge but but directly second-hand knowledge his family themselves are impacted by horrible so- so socialist ideologies so, so he's as close to seeing it first-hand as any native Canadian can without leaving Canada so yeah they're, they're going to spin it I I'm sure you're going to see more vitriol about how the fact I think Jeremy Mackenzie shook his hand and Again, that's that's its own thing. Uh again, the media just vicious bastards when it comes to when it comes to just vilifying people. Again, like Jeremy McKenzie, he's de facto white supremacist terrorist one oh one. Uh but again, if anyone spends any time looking into it, the guy's an internet troll. Uh him and two of his buddies basically successfully trolled the entire Canadian government and are CSIS RCMP apparatuses to the point that they got their meme talked about on the, on the house of commons floor. So, but again, we're not going to dive in and I don't need to sit here and defend the guy. Just the things that are being said, (laughs) trying to smear Polyev. It's just, they're grasping at straws so badly, but what should we actually expect coming into the next session? And it's been, I, I've been watching the the debate basically happen on Twitter over the last day or so, and I, I there's been some valid points, some things I didn't necessarily think would be considered, but but nonetheless they will. Uh, I think it's pretty fair to say that uh, Jagmeet Singh, Jagmeet Singh, will probably coddle up to Trudeau and support that that whole team for quite some time. I don't expect a snap election. Uh, Though, when it does come, it will truly be the NDP that make or break that happening. But they don't have the money. The NDP do not have the money to run another federal campaign. So they will not be quick to turn on the hand as it is right now. That being said, they are also pragmatic. So when the time comes to turn they will out of self-sustainability they'll they'll protect themselves at all costs and i don't fault them for that i truly don't um but eventually the time will come where they're going to have to kind of cozy up to the conservatives so that they can push some of their agenda through for the next parliamentary sitting and so on and so forth for however many years the conservatives can kind of clinch a spot and i truly think i, I Looking at my personal history in Canadian politics and, and going back as far as I can remember, I think objectively, at least in my recollection, Jean Chrétien was, was a balanced and and one of the longest prime ministers of my lifetime. Uh, and if you look at it, it's actually one of the longest in general. Um, he sat for three majority governments before he was ejected from his own, like his own party said, no, you're not going to run this. Uh, they switched to Paul Martin and then lost. Um, but yeah, Trudeau has now said he's going to run for as the leader for the fourth election, which will officially make him the longest prime minister. If he was by any chance to succeed. The only reason I kind of point that out is to highlight that in my mind and, and looking at history, history is a little more favorable to past politicians of that time than I believe this time will be of its current politicians. And obviously we're in a different climate altogether, but John Crutcheon got three majority governments. He did not even, even at the end, he didn't fail to secure a majority government. He got a majority and then his party said that was enough enough. And, uh, so they pushed him out. And then truthfully, you can, you can argue whether it was a smart idea or not, because they lost with Paul Martin. But, uh, nonetheless, uh, Justin Trudeau, even within his own party is is floundering uh there is breaking within the ranks and and it is not a somber situation over there like they're not happy about it uh he just seems to be in a spot where he is effectively Teflon uh nobody will really do anything uh if you are looking at backbenchers and seeing how it i believe the the mutiny will likely be led by Anthony House's father. Uh, say what you want. The guy's still got blinders on when it comes to certain policy. But he is one of the more reasonable people when it comes to some of the bigger issues, uh, much like the Convoy and the Emergencies Act and, and whatnot. He has been he has shown signs of balance. Uh, and if you do look to uh, redirect from the Liberals, I'd look in his direction. So we'll see how... The infighting goes, uh, his basically autocratic appointment that he's going to run again, and he's going to be the leader of the party. We're not going to question it. That's its own thing. Like Trudeau's ego, as with everything, why would anyone be shocked? But, uh, how Polyev will handle it? We'll see. I think the best strategy at this point, and you see it happening globally, We're now starting to have conversations about excess death. Uh, In the UK, they've now outlawed the vaccines for anyone under 11, I believe it is. Uh, Give or take a little bit on age, but I 100% know children are not allowed to be vaccinated uh, basically at large in the UK right now based on concerns for long-term effects and risk-benefit ratio no longer weighing in their favor. Uh, You're not really protecting a lot, and you may be risking something. So... And that speaks to a global conversation. And then you talk, look, you look at the fact that Canada and America are basically the only two places where you absolutely have to be vaccinated to come visit. And and you go as far out as Australia is even open. Uh, you can go to Australia unvaccinated, no problem. You're fine. So when when you look at the grand scheme and and the fact that the country that had concentration camps, and I'm not going to water that word down, it absolutely put people in concentration camps. Uh, When you send the SWAT after people to force them into tent cities and trailer cities uh, and they do not have a choice, uh, they are stuck there. And it's not just people that chose to travel there. If you tested positive and you were an Australian citizen in the outback, you were rounded up and put in these camps. Uh, certainly I don't mean to invoke the feelings of, of the Holocaust, but nonetheless, they were rounded up and put in camps. Uh, but it's, it says a lot when the country that rounded its citizens up and put them in camps, uh, even they're done with it. Uh, you can come visit us and we, we won't round you up this time, but, uh, we'll see if it changes while you're still here on vacation. But nonetheless, we, we can't have travelers. Uh, the state's in the same boat with that one. But I think the best move the conservatives can do right now is absolutely light the fire. They they need to basically basically accept the mud on their face. Uh, Poly- and I think Polyev's got the wherewithal to do it. I think they, they need to take the lumps and apologize for not posing an opposition during all of this. Uh, when Trudeau was calling the Emergencies Act and when he was invoking basically martial law on the country, not allowing people in and out, not allowing people to travel in Canada on a plane or a train if you're not vaccinated. And again, these are, these are charter breaching rules. Uh, They're not something that should be taken lightly. And I understand it wasn't Polyev who did it, but nonetheless he is now the, the leader of the party that did. They allowed it. They didn't, they didn't even quibble when it happened. And again, we can all agree we've covered it before. Uh, O'Toole was a useless liberal. Um, there's no question, but he still has to, he still has to atone for that. He still has to account for that. So I think the best shift they can do, and I really hope they take it, advantage of it, apologize, accept the egg on their face and then pivot. Use that as a jumping off point. Don't let people forget what these, the government has done and what Jagmeet Singh's NDP has facilitated and been complicit in allowing happen breaches of charter rights fundamental dehumanization of people. And I don't care. You've got the clips of Trudeau saying should we even tolerate these people? They take up space. They're misogynistic. They're racist, uh, they're anti science. All of this this crap. And again, it's aging like like fine wine. If anyone had any questions two years ago, today most of those things are validated by the CDC. Uh myocarditis is not is a hundred percent real. They they have said we got that wrong. Uh, they're now they're now prescribing ivermectin. This is the same horse dewormer that they vilified. And again, I'm not saying the people that espoused that back then were doing so out of scientific knowledge. But you don't really get to say these people are evil dumbasses and then turn around and be like, oh yeah, they were right. The science does say that now. It's changed, or did it change, or did you just read it? this time instead of just pushing your nonsense. So no, I I do think they've got to pivot. They've got to, they've got to jump off where they can and, and really stick it to the liberals and NDP on the record, have their record held up against them, show them that they did all this, all of the, the opioid deaths, the suicide raises the, the issues with cancer treatments going without checking all all of the nonsense that we're now paying for, and we will continue to pay for years to come. This needs to land at the feet of the people that decided to do it. Uh, and, and at the feet of the people who are too cowardice to stop it, or to even speak up about it. But nonetheless, I, I do see a, a significant populist swing um, happening. and And some of the follies that we should watch out for is I don't think, as a pro-life person myself, through and through, I'd love to have that conversation, but I think that's an easy trap politically to happen now. And I think Polyev and the people around him, because I'm absolutely confirmed that there is very influential people helping him orchestrate what they're trying to do. Uh, I've seen it coming for months. I've called it, and we'll see how it continues to go. But, uh, yeah, don't fall for any any cheap traps that are going to mobilize and invigorate the the left. And I don't say, like, the left is in the radical left. They're already there. Uh, you've already got the hashtag, I stand with Trudeau, trending on Twitter. Uh, again, just showing you how biased Twitter is. I think it's got 2,000 tweets. So it's, like, it's not that crazy popular in a, in a country with this many people and, and as many users as Twitter has, but they're going to push it. They're going to make it seem like it's something, but nonetheless, the radical left is hundred percent with Trudeau. They tell him when and where, and he'll, they'll show up. Doesn't matter. Um, but the, but the moderate left, the center, the center left, um, those are the people you really don't want to rock the boat. I think if you look at the voter turnout for the last federal election, it, people were apathetic they didn't want to go they didn't care nobody was invigorated nobody was mobilized uh they just largely didn't give a shit uh and you saw that you saw that by the turnout you saw that by the by the voting nobody there <laughs> nobody got a clear mandate Trudeau has the low got the lowest approval rating the lowest vote share of like it was barely enough to even elect him so i I think the best hope Looking at the, the landscape as it is now, knowing that it could significantly change in the months and year to come. But I think the best thing to do is avoid the hot buttons. Don't don't shake it up like the states. I, I understand it's a good fight. Their system's a little different, so it's it, a different plan altogether. But like something like Roe v. Wade, you, d- you don't really want to mobilize the moderate to progressive left. Um, and we'll just let them stay home. That's a huge part. People are... People are like, oh oh, no, people won't vote for Polyev, he's a racist, he's a this, that, the other, he's too extreme, he's too far right. Well guess what, people largely don't give a shit. Uh, And from the right of center, any, any single person that lines up, anywhere center to the right. And that's a lot of people. And it's so easy now, because if you line up center or right, or anywhere in between that scope, you will vote against Trudeau, period, full stop. And... Almost all of those people will get out to vote because they're so tired. That's how much they're tired of Trudeau. So you don't really have to mobilize your own base, uh, and and we're very unified at this point. Uh, Polyev got almost seventy percent of the the constituents for the the leadership election. So we have we have our guy. We are fairly united in that, uh, and the weight behind the others pretty much all got thrown on onto Polyev. So if you supported Baber or Lewis, uh, you, you're good. You're with P- Polly have no problem. If you supported Charest, you were already liberal anyway. So from the Conservative Party perspective, we're good. And from a, a strategy point, there's not really a ton of vote shopping you need to do. Uh, I think the worst thing they could do now is pander to ch- try to do the O'Toole strategy and pick up the the, the middle left votes. You're not going to do it. The best thing to do is not shake the jar of ants and have low turnout for Trudeau. And, and again, put the record to him and let him sink on his record alone. You don't need to smear the guy. You don't need to catch him in a debate. You don't need to do any of that. Literally just remind people of his record and don't let him, unlike everyone in the House of Commons, don't let them get away with non-answers. Hold it to him. And don't let him skate it and skirt around. But that's that. I, I am pretty confident knowing that this will be the unraveling of Trudeau. Uh, very much could get desperate in that. Yeah, uh, He could get unhinged beyond where he already is. It's never, it's never a safe spot when you've got a, a rat trapped in a corner. So we'll see what happens and how this kind of comes undone. Uh, again, I I genuinely think to be watching the NDP because they will effectively be the first ones to to call the ship is sinking. We're gonna we're gonna switch sides, uh, and they'll do it in a quiet way. It won't be it won't be a public announcement. It'll be one day they're just gonna stop voting the same, or you're gonna see n- numbers drop in their votes, and it's gonna get thinner and thinner, and then they'll it'll be backbenchers putting together the to-do alliance with the conservatives. And again, I've said it before, I'll say it again. It's like a broken record. There's no problem in that. If you're going to, if you know you're a third, fourth-rate party, you're not going to take leadership, then you do. You have to lobby with the people that will be to get some of your agenda through. Otherwise, what the hell are you doing? Like, what are you doing, NDP, if you're not trying to push forward some of your agenda? Um, I I say that as a genuine question. Like, what are you getting from Trudeau? I I mean, he's now finally talking about socialized dental care. I disagree with it. I am sick and tired of paying all these insane taxes, but this is your agenda and you're getting nowhere on it. Uh, So (laughs) you're, you're gone. You're kind of being played. Uh, It reminds me, uh, no, not going to make that joke, (laughs) but moving on, uh, where to next? I guess we'll go September 11th, uh, tragedy as we've all understood for the majority of our lives. I I was 11 years old when that happened. I still remember where I was, Miss Fleet's class. I, uh, yeah, they brought, they brought us all into the, the gym, sat around a 32 inch tube TV on a, on a giant fridge cart. And, uh, slowly had everyone get picked up by their parents, uh, looking back at it now, like, yeah, it's a tragedy. It's, it's terrible. But I, I, yeah, they shut everything down. They shut everything down across Canada too. And I, I don't, I don't mean to, I guess hindsight's 2020, uh, when you're in it and you don't know anything that's happening, I, I can understand. I can understand how people would be scared to the point that they don't have a clue what's going on. Did North America just fall into massive hot conflict? How how many planes? So, I mean, hindsight, it's like, why did we shut down? Um, But I guess, yeah, I can get it. As I work through that with you right now, I guess I can still get behind that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like after the last three years, the veil has kind of been lifted on so much that maybe I'm just a colder person today than I was three years ago or maybe i just see things a little more clearly and less emotionally. But uh and i don't i don't i don't say anything and I, none of my my thoughts or conclusions are meant to lessen the the sadness and sorrow for some 3000 americans and the families and and everyone that died afterwards. It, it truly is unforgivable. It, it is a tragedy of a scale that i hope to never be able to compare to. I hope in, in my lifetime, there's nothing that even measures close to that. Um, and I don't, I don't mean to sound crass about it, but it's like, when you start, you have to, at some point we have to have the tough conversations. We have to look at the fact that that was the red herring that was used to justify so many t- terrible things. It was used to justify hot conflict in three or four different countries, uh, thousands died at, at the expense of that. Um, it was used to give up en masse. And this is, again, this is not an American, Canadian. S- globally, it was, it was justified in giving up basic freedoms and, and privacy rights that to this day have not been returned. They have not been restored. Uh, you look at the, the Patriot Act in the States. And you look at the sweeping expansion of CSIS in Canada and their use of the Pegasus software, as we're seeing play out in, in tribunals now in Canada, still, uh, the spyware and the, and the, the the tactics and the intrusive tools that's been unlocked for these agencies. Uh, And again, I was there, I, I was young, but I can still think back to that and be like, yeah, I can understand why people got scared. I can understand why they allowed it. They were told that it was, it's no different. It's the same, it's the same speech with a different fear as it was with COVID. And I I pray that it's, I'm not going to go through this every 10, 15 years with a different boogeyman, but it is, it's, we're going to trade your safety for your safety. You have to do this. You have to give this up. And I think it was different in September, like 2001 post-September 11th, I think it was different then because it wasn't a a, a cost or a, or an imposition everyone saw. It was kind of on the back end. Nobody re- re- really realized that, oh, now you're going to be tracked more, and if the government wants to, they have full authority to basically spy on you without warrants, without anything, with, with simply just suspicion. So it wasn't as in your face as obviously, like, Hey, you can't come into this business. Hey, you have to wear a mask everywhere you go. Hey, you have to test twice a week to stay keep your job. The stuff we're dealing with today is is more v- frontline. It's more visible. But it's the same mechanism. It's this thing, it's the fear and reaction that that comes with it. And and somewhere in the in the in between, in the ether, you're you're kind of lost not realizing the price you've paid. And obviously in today's example of it, you, you can realize, like I can realize the price I pay. I haven't been in a restaurant. I am now, but like for two years, I couldn't go in a restaurant to this day. I can't, I can't cross the border to the States. I can't go to princess or not princess Harbor Freight. I can't go pick up cheap tools and car parts. And I don't get me wrong. Love you, Canada. But like princess auto, you just can't compete with Harbor Freight. I'll say it and I'll say it again and again. Harbor Freight kicks ass. Um, or the women, they can't, they can't, unvaccinated women can't cross the border and go to Hobby Lobby. Like, are you really even living if you can't go to Hobby Lobby? I mean, I know that answer, but nonetheless, like you look at the mechanisms and, and it's, it's tough now. It's tough. 21 years later, knowing the costs and the manipulation that kind of went with it and, and the propaganda And, and you look back and you're like, I, I, I don't know if it was worth it. I don't know if reacting in a visceral gut pun. and don't get me wrong. I I understand it. Somebody, somebody kills 3000 of your citizens. You have to react. There's no, there's no question in the moment, but it's, it's due time to take a, a, calculation of everything almost, almost 25 years later and say, Hey, did we get this right? Did we get it? What, what parts did we get right? Because certainly you're not going to have everything right and everything wrong. It doesn't matter what you do, what, what problem you're dealing with. On that scale, you're going to get some things right. You're going to get some things wrong. But we won't have those conversations. And, and I'm, not even, I'm not even touching the conspiracy stuff. I'm not touching the fact that Bush sat there reading to kids when he, to- when he was told the second plane hit. And he kept reading. I'm not talking about how Bush authorized the only planes in the air September 12th were flying bin Laden family out. I'm not talking about the fact that we did invade Pakistan, despite all of the evidence showing Osama bin Laden was in Pakistan. Not touching on the topic that, hey, Al-Qaeda said they would give up bin Laden, but that was turned down. I'm not talking about the fact weapons of mass destruction was never found. I'm not talking about the fact that people got rich off oil in Iraq. You don't have to go into, and like, and that's not even touching like the deeper conspiracy, like everything I just listed, like you can absolutely stop this, repeat everything I just said, and you can verify everything. I didn't list a conspiracy in that. Um, we can talk conspiracy. We can talk about the the missing gold from the Pentagon when a plane strikes the side of the Pentagon and the superstructure of the building shows no wings. Uh, there's no damage, there's no damage from wings, not a broken window where a wing should have been. Uh, you can talk about how world trade center seven collapsed by itself hours later. Uh, you can talk about how two super skyscrapers physically fell on their own footprints side by side within minutes being hit two different ways completely. Again, I'm that's, I can accept for some that is fact Some people will say it's fiction and most reasonable people in the middle will say, yeah, it's a, it's a theory. It's a conspiracy. You can, I can, I can hear that discussion. I can hear that argument. I work with math and, and just basic stats and odds. And I'm sorry, you hit those two, two towers. Both absolutely were designed to take that hit. Okay, fine. They're old, whatever. They didn't take the hit. The, The chances of both of them falling perfectly clean on their own footprint, 0% there's zero. You may could. you may be able to make a case where one kind of falls clean. You cannot convince me that two towers hit from different perspectives, different angles, different locations. You cannot convince me that it is normal for those two to, to fall clean on their own footprint, not take out any other buildings around them. And I mean like straight down fifth Avenue, um, like you would expect a tower of that size to do. But again, I'm not even. I'm not even asking to talk conspiracy. I have those. I have those beliefs, and and no different than the people in the generation before me, who saw JFK die, and they will go to their graves believing whatever various conspiracy they kind of attach to. And I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not deflating that either. I'm just, I'm not going to litigate that. I'm just highlighting that when you're kind of in those moments, your opinion gets formed fairly solidly and, and you don't need to, you won't change your mind. Um, I'd like to think that I can have a reasonable discussion in any direction on that, but most people can't and that's okay. But we do, we should have a conversation of, Now the time has passed. We need, there is things that still aren't dealt with. Um, We won't, we still won't have it, but nonetheless, I don't know. September 11th, as much as I bleed for the people that have died after this long and after what we know, what we know, it's, it's just a little bitter now. It's, it's not the same empathy. It's not the, it's, it's almost a level of disdain. For where we let it go in the name of avenging people. Uh and they they did deserve vengeance. They did deserve to have the crimes against them answered for. But I'm of the opinion they, they never did. To this day, I, I do not believe those deaths were answered for. Uh certainly people died in their name. Uh certainly people paid dearly in their name. But I, I don't think justice was or ever will be served for e- even a remote number of them. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'm an opinionated dude and uh you're not going to ch- just ranting my thoughts, I guess at this point. Um speaking of ranting my thoughts, we're moving on. God save the Queen. Now, before I start cutting the Queen to pieces, uh, I I do want to preface this next little ranty segment with the fact that I, I truly think that a monarch system is probably the best option you can possibly have. And, and I say that I'm, I'm even going to like preface my preface with the fact that I do believe a constitutional Republic like the States, I think they probably are close to the best, um, the only flaws is it becomes so tribal, as you're seeing today, that you effectively get nothing done. Uh, you can't you can't affect change for either side of the aisle. Uh, liberals can't really... You're seeing it now. Biden can't push through half the radical shit he wants to. Thank God. That's a good thing. Um, but on the other side, it's it's a struggle for anyone to push any agenda or get any progress when you're constantly battling each other instead of dealing with a national interest. Um, it's just self sabotage. It almost feels like in today's climate and that's not special to the States or their system. I just think their system deserves enough credit that like it's probably in today's society, the best. Um, but monarchy, I, I do believe it was ahead of its time in a certain sense. Um, the biggest political problem I think societies in the world today suffer from is single time frame thinking. So Justin Trudeau, when he's dealing with policy, I mean, he'll pander to the, to the alarmists on the climate. He'll pander to, to people all he wants. But at the end of the day, that man only cares about what he gets in his term. What can he get done in the three or four years he's got left? What can he get or Biden? What, what can I do in four years? Uh, and how can I best protect it from being undone? After um, they don't really think long term, and I think that's where monarchies really shine—multi-generational uh, thought process. So when you're a monarch, you're a king or a queen, and you're ruling over your citizens. You you have a duty to not basically piss anyone off too much, but also that stretches that stretches beyond just your your time on the throne. Because you're setting up your family to success that. So the queen's kids will then take that over. And if you've set them up for failure, the, the, the linchpin of a monarch is eventually when you push the citizens too far. And you look at history. This is not a call to violence. But you look at, you look at history. And the, the citizens and the peasants will take so much until you cross a line. And then there's just a full cleansing of that family. Uh, and again, I don't think monarchy works in today's civil society. I think for monarchy to truly work, there has to be not necessarily the action of incivility or violence, but there needs to be a valid threat of it. Because um, as long as there's a valid threat, it forces them to think multi-generational. And I think that's a good thing. I think I, I struggle to basically come up with an idea that would work to, sh- to force politicians today. Cause basically the only thing today that forces people to think multi-generational is okay. How will I be remembered in history? Uh, and truthfully we live in a time where we live in instant gratification. I post a picture and I see how many people like what I post. I post a clip on YouTube and I get to see how it's liked today. Uh, you, gone are the days of Johnny McDonald or William Lyle McKenzie, where your kids will enjoy the the name you have curated and you've, you've built your name means something, your family name gone are those days. And, and that was basically the only thing that, that you could really show us. This is why we think farther ahead is we want to leave a legacy. Legacy is dead. It's, it's not about what your family did. It's not, a, it's none of that matters today. So I, there's no real mechanism to force, to force people to, to look further ahead. Other than you might get, again, I don't even necessarily think Polyev is perfect in any sense, but maybe he's just doing it to be altruistic. Maybe he truly believes he's trying to help longer term. And, and the time will tell with that one. Um, and he, it's not, I'm not using him just because I'm carrying his tea right now, but any politician you you might get one or two here and there that are genuinely altruistic that genuinely they're just trying to do good, but on on average looking at normal politicians, normal people, normal monarchs today uh, without without any repercussion, and again even even civil repercussion, look at Trudeau literally convicted of crimes as prime minister. And it's a five hundred dollar fine every time he breaks an ethics rule, um, and I use I shouldn't even use ethics rule, a law of ethics. He has breached Canadian law th- at three times now, con- cons- convicted wise. So I do, I do value the monarch system. I think we've we've overlasted. We've outlived its its utility, um, and not even because it's been outgrown. We just, we've almost gotten too soft as a society. Uh, you can look to the, the Boston tea party, uh, where they basically rioted over taxing of tea. Uh, today it's not uncommon throughout one year for a half dozen new taxes to be implemented or raised across the board. Um, we are not the same culture and I don't think that's to anyone's benefit. I think a culture that protects the individual fervently. I I think it's a better society. I think people, when, when individualism is, is focused on more than, than collective and all of this nonsense, I think it's a better society on average, not necessarily carte blanche. There's, there's trade-offs, but uh, we're not in the society that sinks ships and starts, almost wars over taxes. We're not a society that are going to forcibly remove a lineage of people from society. And I'm, I'm not even saying violently because like historically you look at it and it would have been violently, but even to just basically excommunicate the Biden family say, Hey, you guys all messed up. You are all drug addict, pedophile shitbags. Uh, and we don't want you to participate in society. So you go live an ostracized life in obscurity. You're done with public life. Uh, and that's being civil in today's society. If this was a hundred years, even a even hundred years ago, 80 years ago, you'd be dragging them through the streets. Uh, you you can say the same thing for Trump. You can absolutely say the same thing for Trump. What do you think your great, great grandfathers would do if a guy set up a fake university and sold hot shot degrees that gotten meant nothing. Um yeah, no, snake oil salesmen did not fare well back then. Uh but today we are too civil in that sense. For better or worse. Uh you can choose how you see that one by yourself. But nonetheless, I think I think we've outlived the monarchy and I think everyone's going to get really cozy with that idea as Prince Charles takes over. Um I'm certainly not sad or virtue signaling that the 96 year old queen of England has passed away living all 96 years of her life of full mind and body. I I believe she was starting to have mobility issues this year. So for one year of her life, she had mobility issues and always had her mental capacity around her. Something Biden cannot say. But nonetheless, I, I mean, like, I don't even, I'm not even trying to be like the typical heartless, too calculated person. It's just, I'm not going to live to 96. I can, I can just accept that fact now. Truthfully, I didn't expect to live as old as I am now. I didn't expect to see my thirties. Um, but I can, I sure as shit won't be seeing 96. Um, no, and that's okay. Like that's, that's not, that's not normal in today's, like, I feel like 70, 80 is normal. Anything extra is just a bonus. And you should be thankful for that. Especially if you get to keep your capacities about you. I'm not going to feel sorry that, that 96 is when your clock gets punched in a peaceful way at home. Like you didn't die in a fiery crash because you decided to drive yourself to the supermarket, but you can't see. You, you didn't have a, a heart attack on a staircase and fall bludgeoning yourself to a, to a heart attack, bludgeoning death. Like it wasn't a tragic event. It wasn't particularly painful. You had your family around, like, like I'm not going to feel sad when, when basically you achieved peak hopes, like, like any, any decent person that's about as best as they can hope for live healthy till you're 96, die peacefully at home with your family around you. I don't feel bad for that. I, not one bit do I feel that is a blessed woman. And I, 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 particularly, I'm not the one to judge. I don't get to say who's blessed and who's not, but from what I've seen, I don't think she should be blessed. Uh, she's got a lot of questionable behaviors around her. And that will lead me into the second part of the, um, are, when are we going to have the conversations about the fact that everywhere she's went during her trips abroad, children went missing. I'm not. I'm not particularly attributing, attributing any any motive or malice. Uh, it's just a, a question that I'd like to see answered, or the fact that they paid twelve million dollars to keep Prince Andrew out of Epstein's pedophile ring, at least from the court and public opinion perspective. Um, I'm not saying she kidnapped. I'm not saying she hurt kids. I'm not saying she's protecting a pedophile, but there's a lot of questions that, that will never get answered. Um, and certainly the queen of England, uh, the, the matriarch of the Royal family, uh, not much happens without her knowing about it, especially not in her more golden years in her, in her better years. Uh, when she was younger, uh, I, I still to this day refuse to believe that she had no knowledge or beforehand or afterhand. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, put myself too far out on a limb here but even after the fact there is no doubt in my mind she knew more about the diana situation than people let on or that people will accept that she knew more of again it's i don't i don't know if it's just part of how the royal family works and we will protect our own till the till our absolute death despite you being a repugnant pile of trash uh I don't understand how somebody like Prince Andrew has not been excommunicated and and disavowed publicly. Um, or the black eye that is now King Charles, uh, probably going to get suppressed or censored for talking flack about the new King. But I mean, the guy is just to use the proper, proper verbiage. The guy's a tea bag publicly. Every, everyone got to see how terrible of a husband he was, uh, ended up marrying, again, this is the, the royal trap, is you get caught fooling around on your wife, you're stuck with your side chick now, uh, whereas any normal person would then have the option to move on past that. Um, but no, he got stuck with Camilla Bowles, or Bowles, and uh, now she's, she's, I don't know, does she get queen if she's married to the king? I, I would assume she's Queen Camilla, um, a spot that should absolutely not be bestowed by the characters of those two uh i i kind of hoped that we would have a conversation where monarchy is is now such a symbolic and shallow vestige that maybe it's time we move past it and i do think from a commonwealth perspective that conversation is coming kid you not i do believe maybe not canada but other commonwealths um, you look at a lot of the Caribbeans, uh, you're going to see distancing from England beyond what they have now. Uh, and even Canada, like I, we need to, we need to absolutely distance ourselves. You look at our governor general who basically is a symbol head that is supposed to represent the queen amongst our, our government structure. And it's, it's insane. We, we pay these people six figures for life. Uh, we just fired our last governor general and she now gets something like 140 grand a year for life. Uh, and, and she was walked out of her job for having a hostile and abusive work environment for the staff around her. So (laughs) it's time I think to have the, again, it's all conversations we should all be having. Um, but no, we'll be distracted by the latest thing. And, uh, the latest outrage or or fear, and everyone will just get wrapped up, so yeah, that should pretty much cover it the good news from the conservative party we' moving forward, and we can see where that goes uh we covered the the week's two virtue signal moments uh <laughs> and all the nuance that kind of goes with that. I think that's pretty much it for tonight. I'm ready to go to bed uh we'll get this. Fired up and sent out for tomorrow morning, and uh, yeah, next week we'll see what goes on. I might take a week off. I'm not making any commitments, um, but we will certainly be watching the developments of of bo- really both the the royal family, how that plays out. Truthfully, and I, again, I didn't even touch on the fact that Charles is straight up a Klaus Schwab secondhand hand henchman. Uh, the guy is a climate alarmist and a proponent of depopulization. And again, I'm not saying this guy's wanting to kill a bunch of people. It's just, he has espoused that the world is overpopulated and we should do something to reduce those numbers. Um, not kill people, just lower birth rates. Um, presumably, if I'm giving him the benefit, it would be voluntarily, not, not through Monsanto or any of that crazy shit. Um, I'm still... Living in the middle, folks. But uh, nonetheless, it is something we should watch, uh, and we should watch how it's handled across the Commonwealth. Um, I, I kind of expect an announcement next week. I would not be shocked if Canada observes a day of remembrance for her funeral, which was 10 days. They do 10 days mourning for the Queen. Uh, she died, what, Friday? So, sometime next week, uh, the week after. I think puts it at Monday or something. Anyway, I wouldn't be shocked if Canada observes a day of mourning or uh, a remembrance on her funeral and basically shuts everything down. Um, I, I kind of expect it. Uh, and to be fair, I, I don't think it's unwarranted. Uh, she is the queen and a ceremonial, but nonetheless, large part, part of our systems. And to be fair, I mean, we basically shut the Country down when we celebrated Gord Downey. So I expect it. We'll see. We'll see if we get a day off. But uh nonetheless, it, it will be something to watch and, and to see the pieces in the background playing around. Uh how Meghan Markle reacts and that that witch. But uh yeah, we'll be watching things. Uh keep an eye out on the conservative and the media around it and how he's treated. Um but until then, uh, enjoy your your week. And if I'm not back, enjoy, enjoy your weekend. Um, but as always, if you enjoyed this, this rant, this episode, send it to a friend, let them know about us. Uh, that's the best way we get around. Uh, most of the platforms kind of push us down. I, I understand where we sit and, uh, I'm quite happy with, with how we've done so far and how we continue to do. But, uh, as we saw last week, Spotify kind of jerked us around. Um, Spotify has been artificially putting us lower and lower in the ranking despite us cranking more and more out now. So it really does. Uh, All of that is more or less to say that we do appreciate you sharing us and, and telling your friends about it. Um, it's, it's basically our, our best way of getting around. Uh, so thank you. And as we part, uh, we're going to change it up just a little bit. I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite quotes from John Diefenbaker presented by none other than Pierre Polyev. Uh, so Until next time, stay free, everyone, and uh, enjoy. In the words of the great Canadian Prime Minister, John Diefenbaker, I am a Canadian, a free Canadian, free to speak without fear, free to worship God in my own way, free to stand for what I think right, free to oppose what I believe wrong, free to choose those who shall govern my country. This heritage of freedom I pledge to uphold for myself and all of mankind. Merci beaucoup. Thank you very much.